Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask that you open to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12. This word came to me earlier this week in a very weird way. It was actually last Sunday night as I was falling asleep randomly, very randomly. I started thinking about this passage of scripture where Paul is talking about something very personal to the Corinthian church and and. Because it was kind of random and I was trying to fall asleep and I just kept thinking about this passage, I took it as God wanting me to speak on this, on this topic this morning. If you read the, the letter um, to the Corinthians by Apostle Paul, you'll notice that he sounds, here in this particular pas- uh, this, this passage here, he, he sounds frustrated, which is often the case with Paul. He's often very frustrated Um, with different things. And in this particular occasion, he's frustrated because there are people who have sought uh, to make it their mission to discredit him as an apostle. And they're talking about him and they're telling people not to believe the apostle Paul, that he's not, he doesn't have the credentials. He's not, you know, he's, he's, he's not one of us. He's don't, don't listen to him. And um, in chapter 11, he sarcastically calls these people super apostles you think we still have our own version of super apostles in our church? Not, not this church, not this church. But in, in, in the body of Christ, I think that we, we still have versions of super apostles. These are people who, they want you to recognize how awesome of a Christian they are. And they might not say it out loud, but maybe they feel it. They, they might feel like, oh, I'm so much more of a Christian than, than that person is, you know? I can, I can speak in tongues. I've never heard her speak in tongues before. <laughs> I come to church every Sunday. He only shows up on holidays. I can pray longer than he can. Right? Clearly, I love God more. They act as if they are the standard of what a Christian or what a minister should look like. And, and maybe they do all the good things, all the correct things, and they say the good things, and they model the correct things, and they post the great content, but they wouldn't dare show you what they struggle with. But believe it or not, there is something that they struggle with. And they might be so quick to point out everyone else's wrongs, right? I can't believe he still struggles with that. I can't believe that church does that. Trunk or treat? How how dare they? (laughs) I can't believe the pastor got rid of Sunday night service. Does he not love the Lord? That was always fun when that happened. I'm glad, I'm glad that didn't happen under, under, under me. <laughs> but we hear a lot about Paul being discredited, not just here in this letter, but um, he also mentions it to the, to the Galatians. It's something that Paul often had to fight against in his ministry. We don't really know exactly how they tried to discredit him or what they tried to say, um, but it was strong enough to create division and confusion in the church. And Paul finally gets to the point where he's like, fine, you know what? You want to flex? Let's flex. You want to boast? Let's boast. Let's do it. It's kind of like, have you ever seen the Karate Kid, like, like the original Karate Kid movie, um, where you have this Mr. Miyagi, he's teaching Daniel, right? Daniel's son, uh, karate. 
And he does it in a very different way. Very, very, there's a lot of philosophy behind it. Um, and it's very profound, right? But at the end of the day, that's what he's teaching. He's teaching martial arts. But throughout the whole movie, if you watch, if you watch it, you're not going to see Mr. Miyagi really ever fight. And so you might even wonder, does, does this dude know how to fight? Like, I mean, I'm taking a lesson. For, like, if you're going to take karate or any type of lessons, you're going to probably look up, you know, the sensei, whoever's, try, who's, whoever's going to teach you because you want to know that he can throw down because he's got to teach you how to throw down, right? You want someone who knows what he's talking about. And, and throughout the whole movie, you don't see Mr. Miyagi, you know, uh, swing or, or, or do like any type of roundhouse kick or anything like that until the very end of the movie where Mr. Miyagi gets into this confrontation with like the evil sensei and, and the evil sensei is talking mess to Mr. Miyagi and he's like, I'm going to put you in your place. I should have done this a long time ago. And then all of a sudden you see Mr. Miyagi so effortlessly shut this guy down. It's like, okay, Mr. Miyagi. So Paul gets to that point where he's like, fine, let's boast. Let's talk about how I am credentialed. Let's talk about why I am um, qualified to be in this position. And he does that all through chapter 11. But where I want to focus is on, on chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. So if you have it, you can follow with me. He says, I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I now will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. So real quick, chapter 11, Paul's talking about how he's been, he's persevered in his faith. He's been flogged. He's been beaten. He's been thrown into prison all for the sake of Christ. And now he's saying, okay, now I'm going to talk about a vision that I had one time so that you can see how spiritual I am. And he says, verse two, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, by the way, this man that he's talking about is actually Paul. And we'll see that, we'll see that a little bit later in the chapter. But he says, this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man cannot utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast. Except of my weakness. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool. For I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. And verse seven says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. And three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will go on boasting all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Anybody content with those things this morning? For when I am weak, then I am strong. Man, that, that Apostle Paul, throw down right there, man. And so I entitled this sermon this morning, Boast in Weakness. Boast in Weakness. This seems to run very contrary to the basic fundamentals of our culture, of our society. You can't, you can't boast in your weakness on Instagram. That's not what it's for. 
Instagram is to highlight the, the best moments of your day so that hopefully you can get a lot of likes and feel good about yourself, right? We do this on, on, on Facebook. We celebrate the greatest moments of our lives with the social world. We post our engagements. We post our new cars. We post about the new job. We post about the, the beautiful new baby. And it, it's a normal thing to do. And I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad thing to do. It's, it, it's normal in our day. It's the culture that we live in. We want to portray the best to the world, not the worst. If you, if you watched the, uh, the presidential or vice presidential debate, I don't feel sorry for you if you didn't, uh, but each candidate you know, brought up points that they felt would make them look stronger and their opponent look weaker. It's what we do. It's what we do. When you're applying for a job, you put the best of what you've got on your resume. But the Apostle Paul here is kind of changing the game. He's calling us away from the norm. And he's saying we shouldn't boast about anything unless it is about our weakness, because in our weakness, his strength is magnified. And here's the thing that's true about all of us, church. When we feel like we are weak, whenever you, you, you know that you have some weak areas in your life. And, and when we recognize those weak areas, we see it as a disadvantage, right? It's a disadvantage. Oh, man, I, there's so many things that I wish I was better at. And I, I sometimes I'm so hard on myself because I'm not. And, and, and when you really begin to self-analyze and, and see your own flaws, you, you find out all these things that you could be better at, right? This is, this is, this is what we need to, to grow, to be better. We need to be honest with ourselves and be real with ourselves and say, hey, I'm not good in this area here. You know, one of the things that I wish I was better at, just, just in general, I wish I was more detail-oriented. Um, and this one's kind of crazy because I always thought, for the longest time, I thought I was very detail, detail oriented. I remember, you know, years ago when, uh, I was, I was helping my dad with, with everything, you know, in the church. And, um, I was like his, his right hand man. And, and I would, I would, I would, I feel like I bugged him all the time about different things. Like dad, we need a system for this. We need a process for this. What, what, what do we do when, when this happens, right? And, and I, would, I would pay very close attention to detail, and I would say, okay, we need to plan out, we need to plan out the service. You know, we, we need to make sure that it's not, it's not organized, right? And, and so I would, I would do that with him, and now I'm the one being asked these questions, mostly by the sisters in the church. <laughs> hey, pastor, do we have this? Do we have a system in place for this? What's the protocol for this? And I'm like, protocol? I don't know. You know? And, and I get frustrated with myself because I wish I had more of that. And so I ask God, Lord, give me, give me more org- organizational skills so that, so that I can be better at, at pastoring this church. Give me the organizational skills as my sister Heather back there. I pray for, I mean, I pray for that, sister Heather. Man, sometimes, sometimes I ask Heather for a contact information for a visitor that came like two months ago. And I'm, I'll send her a text. I'll be like, Heather, I know this is a long shot. Um, but there was, there was this couple that came like two months ago. The lady had like curly hair, but not too curly, you know, very vague. The guy had like black hair. It could have been dark brown. I, I don't know. And she's like, Pastor, I got you. Let me send you his info card. And she sends it back like with numbers and then names and emails, social security, man. I mean, it gets... <laughs> and I'm like, man. And I think to myself, I need more of that so that I can be better. 
And one of the many things wrong, especially when it comes like with social media, is that, is that when we look at other people's strengths, a lot of times we don't focus on their strengths. We focus on our weaknesses in comparison to their strengths. Someone else's strength is always going to, to feel like it overshadows your weakness. The other day, uh, Joel asked me to untwist uh, some, I don't remember what it was. We'll call it open a jar. He asked me to open a jar. And uh, I was like, Joel, I don't, I don't know, man. My hands are pretty sweaty. <clears throat> I do suffer from sweaty palms, but whatever. You're going you're gonna to think what you're going to think. Um, and so I tried to open it, and I couldn't open it because of my sweaty palms. And, uh, and then Juan was there. Juan Rios passed by, and I was like, hey, I bet you Juan can do it. Juan, can you open this thing for us? And he didn't even, I mean, it was like he was opening a bottle of water, man. He just, he just opened it. And in that moment, in that moment, I didn't think to myself, man, Juan, you're so strong. I thought, man, Ryan, you and your little dainty hands, bro. <laughs> it just highlighted my weakness, right? That's, that's what happens. And so you might see someone looking spiritual. You might see someone at the altar and they're, man, they're ministering. And they're doing all the things that you wish you could do. And they're, they're speaking in tongues. And you're like, man, why can't I do that? You might hear an incredible sermon and think, my, my sermons never come out like that. You see someone's success at work and, and you think to yourself, why am I always failing? I tried to start a business and I, I failed. She started a business and she didn't. Lord, give me the marketing skills that I need. Give me the people skills. Give me the knowledge and the education that I lack. Provide the supplement, Lord. What do you wish that you had more of, church? What do you wish you had less of? What are you struggling with? What do you see in your life as a weakness? And you think, man, God, if you just took this away, I'd be so much better. I'd be so much happier with myself. Sometimes I have to rebuke myself, man. Last year I was hanging out with a few pastors. And um, one of them had just planted a church recently. And we were, we were all hanging out. We were eating. And he started, he started talking about, you know, the story of his church and his ministry and all the things that they were doing and the staff that they had. And, and basically, he had said that just in a few years, they had grown from no members to about 1,000 members. And can I, can I just be honest with you? Can I just be real human with you behind the pulpit this morning? On the outside, I was all smiles. On the outside, my face said, man, God is so good, brother. But on the inside, I felt, I felt a little jealous. I just, I did. And I didn't have any neg- neg- negative feelings towards him, but I took issue with myself. I took something good, something praiseworthy, and I made it about myself in that moment. And on the inside, I was like, man, why, why, can I, why can I do that? What does he have that I don't have? started thinking, man, we, we've been around for, for decades. We've never hit a thousand members. I started to attack myself. Maybe if I was just a better preacher, maybe I, you know, I could be a better marketer. We could do better outreaches. We had better ideas. Maybe it's a lack of resource. I just started making all these excuses and I began to focus on the lack rather than what God had already provided. And we do that so many times. We focus on what we don't have and we neglect what God has given to us. So Paul says, so to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, because of how quickly and how God God was taking me places he had to humble me. 
We fail to realize, church, that God has already brought you out of something. God has already took you out of the grave. God has already revived the dead bones in your life. God has already showed you grace where there was nothing, nothing but suffering and destruction. God has taken you places. He has done things in your life. Don't forget that. He gave us grace that we did not deserve. He gave us a purpose and an identity when we did not have one. He gave us blessings that maybe we can't see because we focus on the lack. And there's always, church, there's always going to be something more that you might wish you had. There's always going to be something that you lack. So Paul says, a thorn was given to me in the flesh. Someone say given. It was given to me. I didn't stumble upon it. I didn't find it because I was sinning and God just wanted to punish me. It was given to me. Now, to Paul, this was probably much worse than simply like lacking good ideas. It was much worse than maybe not knowing how to, to sing when he really wished that he could sing. It was, it was more like an affliction. No one, no one really knows what the, what the thorn in the flesh was. There, there's some theories. Some believe that it was a physical ailment. Others have suggested that it might have been him struggling with a certain kind of sin. We, we don't. We don't really know. What we do know is that Paul calls it a messenger from Satan sent to torment him. And and that he pleads with God. The passage says, I pleaded with God three times so that it would be taken away. Now, in Paul's time, I I want you to understand that the, the phrase three times was actually a figure of speech for repeatedly. It wasn't that he just asked God three times. He asked repeatedly, constantly, every day, maybe getting on his knees every night, every time it afflicted him. God, take this away. God, I don't want this. God, why would you do this to me? God, take it away now. Constantly. But he didn't. And as Christians, we understand, church, we understand the power of prayer. Amen. We know how powerful it is. And so we go to God knowing who he is and we go expectant. We go in faith. And we pray without ceasing. There's that phrase that, that uh, uh, it says, it's push, push, pray until something happens. I love that. And, and that's many times that's what we do. We just pray without ceasing. But sometimes God doesn't always give in to what our prayer is. And sometimes we feel like the prayer is a good prayer. It like la- lines up with the will of God. Like, God, I'm, I'm praying according to your will here. Why am I still suffering? And we wonder, God, why, why, why? If you would just provide the supplement, I could do better. If you would just provide the knowledge, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in doubt. If you would just give the healing, if you would just give the healing, I can go back to focusing on my ministry. I can go back to focus on the kingdom of God. Don't you want that, God? Don't you want the best of me? I can't give you my best because I'm sick. If you would just bring the, the provision, God, I, we could do all the good things, Lord. All the good things. We could bless those that, that are in need. We can, we can fulfill, you know, the vision. We could do all the good things. Church, I wonder how our mindset would change if we realized that 
the things that we thought that we lacked. I want you to pay attention to this this morning because some, some of you might have a negative perception of yourself because you think that you don't have something that someone else has. What if God said you don't have it because you're not good or you're not sufficient. You don't have it because I have withheld it from you. It's, it's, not, it's not you. <laughs> it's, that's what it is. It's not you. It's me not giving this to you. And it's not to be mean. It's so that you can learn how to find your strength in what is more than enough for you. I think that when we realize this, when, when I realize, when I look at my life and I'm like, God, I, I wish I was better at this. Why can't you make me better at this? Why, what's, what's the big deal? If you just gave me these skills, I would be even that much more better for your kingdom. But it, it, it provides such a, such a peaceful feeling to know that I don't lack anything. I don't lack anything. And I think when we get to this realization, we... We would immediately stop making it about ourselves and realize that, that God has to give us weakness. God has to give you weakness so that we can rely on his grace and his grace alone. I think that when we're going through seasons of torment and suffering, because God has allowed it to be given to us, it's not, it's not because we're being punished, but rather we're being refined. We're being refined. We're learning how to rely on God and the things in your life, church, that you always believed to be a crutch is actually a pillar of God's strength that we must learn to lean on. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. I put fire emojis on this part because it was that good. The things in your life that you will always believe to be a crutch is not a crutch. It's a pillar of God's strength. You always thought it was a crutch. You always thought it was a weakness, but it's actually God's strength providing for you when you think that you don't have the provision. Last year, I started taking Spanish lessons. I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to wrap up. I want to share this, this little thing here. I, uh, I started taking Spanish lessons, private lessons, because you know my goal was to preach um, in Spanish at the end of, of last year. And I did, and I f- felt great. And man, the hermanas are, they're so supportive, right? Especially <laughs> Maria Elena. She's, I mean, she, she just fills you with joy when she encourages you. And um, it felt good because I, I had made a promise to the church when I, when I took over as a lead pastor I, to, to the Spanish congregation. I, I told them, I'm, I'm going to work on my Spanish, so that I can preach to you, so that I can communicate and have more conversations like I do with, with all of you, with them. It has always frustrated me that I had never learned. In my life, it's always been something that I was, I was ashamed of. My last name is Cantu. Don't get any more Mexican than Cantu. It, I, I can, it can. Some of y'all got some last names that I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, Mexican, Mexican. And, but I always, I always felt like in my life that was a, that was a weakness. And it, it was. And it was, not, it was something that I never felt confident in. 
especially in, especially when I started pastoring the church and, and I started, you know, hearing everyone else, all these other ministers, Pastor Damaris, Pastor Maritza, uh, Pastor Claudia, Danny, Pastor Danny. I'm like, man, they can communicate so well and, and I can't. And it, I wasn't jealous of them, but I was frustrated at myself. Their strength highlighted my weakness in my life. And so earlier this year, I started taking, I stopped taking the lessons because, you know, COVID happened and, and we couldn't meet face to face. And I finally just a month ago started picking them back up online. And I started to think about something. God showed me something. I started to realize that my, 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 my Spanish teacher, she's, a, she's an older lady. She's not a believer. She knows that I'm a pastor. And every week for one hour, all we do is talk about my faith. All we do is talk about the church. This has been one of the easiest, most welcoming conversations about the faith. And she asked me questions about the Bible. And she asked me questions about what I believe and how we handle certain things and how we we view certain things. And I'm having these conversations that are welcomed because I'm paying her to have the conversation. Now, granted, I'm talking to her in Spanish, so maybe the eloquence isn't there yet, but I believe that God is planting a seed at the very least that that something that I always believed to be my crutch is actually a pillar of God's strength. And I always hated it. I always hated it. I said, Dad, why don't you why don't you teach me Spanish? Why don't you teach me Spanish? And we would try. We would try. He would start talking to me in Spanish. I'd be like, oh, never mind. You know, it, it would just, and I would, I would just find reasons to be upset at myself. But church, your weakness, your weakness is something that you should be proud of because God can replace it with his grace. And I want someone to know this today because maybe you've been too hard on yourself. You've been so frustrated with yourself. You've been looking at that thorn in your flesh and you say, God, take this away, take this away, take this away. Why does it have to happen to me? My brother doesn't have it. My sister doesn't have it. Why are you giving me this weakness? God is saying your weakness is my strength. And his strength doesn't just surpass your weakness. It surpasses even your most, most greatest strength. Someone say, God can do it better. We don't need to fill the void, church, with things that we lack. We can fill it with God's grace. He tells Paul, my grace is sufficient. That's it. My grace is sufficient. Let other people talk about the things that they've done in my name. Let other people talk about how blessed they are how numerous they are, how strong they are, how eloquent they can speak, how smart they are, how wise they are. That's not what's important. What's important is my grace that I have extended to you. 
So church, when you feel weak and when you feel inadequate or insufficient or not good enough, stop thinking about what you lack and start thinking about the grace that God has given to you. Because let me tell you one more thing. God's grace says more about your worth than your bank account, than the number of friends you have, than your successes, than your victories, than the the amount of followers you have on social media. His grace alone is sufficient. And it's the only thing that I want in my life. Someone stand with me. And let's give God glory for just a moment. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.